Hi, it's me, Meatball, again. This week, we talk about the Supreme Court ruling. I talk about selling my car. Did you guys know I'm selling my car? And then something else. Oh, I talked about being around doing drag. I don't know. This is crazy, y'all. I'm so high. Goodbye? Oh, yeah, goodbye. Play the song! Hello, it's me, Meatball, and I am back hosting the Tony Soto Show once more. I hope we had a wonderful time last week. I do think I was not well, but I'm not going to talk about my health at all this week. I'm just going to say thank you, Dr. Tellez. I'm doing much better. I have the right medication. I'm on a proper diet. I'm going to be so skinny that people are going to think that I'm on Ozempic, but I'm not. And, I, um, and if you want to hear my opinions on Ozempic, you can go over to listen to Sloppy Seconds, uh, the Tuesday episode that came out today, July 11th, uh, where I say, well, I'll say it again. And I don't care if you're on Ozempic uh, for health reasons. That that does not bother me. Like, it's, it's for people with diabetes. I literally was talking to someone yesterday who is diabetic, and again, they are out of Ozempic because people are using it for weight loss, which... Is fine. I don't care what you do for weight loss. I just need you to understand that the way Ozempic works is you start on five milligrams or whatever. And then when that stops working for you, you go up to 10. And when that stops working for you, you go up to 15. And when that stops working, you go up to 20. And when that stops working, it just keeps going. So there is no stopping. If you're just taking it, if you're giving your, uh, I'm not going to get into it again. You're giving yourself an eating disorder. Unless you are doing the work with it, unless you are getting a personal trainer, unless you are starting to eat healthy. But most of the people that I see that are on it are using it to lose weight, not be hungry during the day so they can go out and party and drink all their calories. And to me, that is an eating disorder. And I can say that. I don't know if you know this about me. I had an eating disorder basically from high school until sophomore college my second year in college I that's when I it stopped I got my got control of the issue but I loved to not eat I loved to take Adderall and drink and party and uh I was using that not to go to school but as a a way to not eat um so it's weird I had a wonderful weekend I got to hang out with Tony on Sunday I got to spend, oh my God, I did a show in Long Beach. I recently decided to start saying yes to every gig. One, because as you know, I'm trying to buy a new car. And two, I realized my issue with drag and why I fucking started hating it and never wanting to do it anymore was the only times I was doing drags, drags, the only time I was getting into drag was for either my party, Fat Slut, which I'm organizing, I'm making all the food, I'm booking all the girls, I'm making the posters, I'm I'm in charge of every single step of it and financing it. It's just everything became so stressful. And then the only other times I was getting in drag was for the podcast, which was just to be like publicly seen and on the internet for forever. So there's just a lot of stress that I put on myself when it's I'm the one in charge of it. And it was really nice 
to go and do an, a show again where I wasn't the fucking one in charge of it or I didn't have to get on a flight and fly to a hotel and then I'm performing in a city that I've never been in and I don't know if they're going to like it or not. And well, is anyone even going to come? Does anyone even fucking care about me as a drag queen anymore? Like, it's just, there were so many stressors. It felt really fun. It was in Long Beach, which is about 30 minutes away from my house at the Hamburger Mary's in Long Beach, which is possibly the wildest drag place I've ever seen. You're in a basically, you're basically in an amphitheater styled restaurant where all the seats are, what did they call that stage? A rake stage. Are there any theater nerds on here? A rake stage is where the stage is higher up in the back and lower at the bottom. It's like tilted, but this is like the opposite. It's like the audience is, goes all the way up this flight of stairs and they're all at dinner tables eating and drinking. And you have to like, you don't have to, but I do to like run around the room to get tips. And this is a big room. This is not a normal gay bar. This is a giant theater restaurant. It it feels like uh, the Renaissance Fair. What is that place where they joust? I went there once. What is that? Knights of the Round Table? No. What is that place called? And they joust and then they bring you a, like a half a chicken and like really bad mashed potatoes and they don't put salt or pepper on the table so the food is just kind of as is it's like it's like a big stadium room and then you have to be you pick a night or they pick a night for you and then you're sitting at the table medieval times it's that but for drag uh i had a wonderful time it was land insider show i was surrounded by drag kings which is something that often does not happen to me and is it's so interesting to me that in, in Long Beach, there is a show specifically for drag kings, and all of those drag kings live in Long Beach. Um, and I know of two drag kings in Los Angeles, and I've put out feelers. I posted on my Instagram maybe less than a week ago because I'm looking for drag kings. I want to hire drag kings. I love drag kings. And Land Insider is an incredible drag king, but they are not the only drag king. They are maybe the best drag king, but they are not the only drag king. And I... And I know Charles Galen from the pageant and I've seen them around, but I'm looking for like kind of newer talent, especially for my party when I'm booking talent. I don't want just the same people every single time. I like to draw from kind of unknown talent in L.A. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say unknown, though, because I know them. Tony hosts a show for queens that aren't as experienced, and I've been there and watched those queens, but I've only ever seen one king there, I think. Drag kings are possibly the most fucking positive group of people. Super supportive, there to help each other. Really not there to tear each other down. Very uplifting, all kind of watched each other, helped each other get ready, reminded each other of things like, hey, don't forget this. When you go out there, you, you really want to hit this mark and hit this note. And like, it was just such a great experience for like my first time back at a drag show that I am not producing, hosting and running and paying for. Does that make sense? It was just such an incredible experience again to just be around so many supportive people. I had a great time and it was such a contrast to my experience on Sunday, which is like a three-parter of of why I'm, I hated it. And the first part was Tony is not supportive or friendly. Tony is a very mean woman. And working with her is very hard, especially because she's old and can't see. Two, 
No, I'm just kidding. I love working with Tony. We had a wonderful time. We did Go Go. No, we did Box Stars. We got to rename it. We did Box Stars together Sunday at Precinct. It was a really fun time. It was... There's something about a room full of go-go boys, whether or not they know each other or have met before. Their one goal for the evening is to be horny. And they are horny. And I think about when I do book go-go's, they're very horny too. And the only thought process that must really be going through their head, because they don't really have a job besides dancing, is to just be sexy and horny. So sharing a dressing room with Tony... And me, who are two dirty old men. Uh, <laughs> Tony's dirty in a different way. I'll say dirty shit to those boys back there and be like, hey, yeah, turn turn around. Let me see it. Oh, the head looks thick. Take it out. Take it out. You know, things like that. My mouth is watering. <laughs> so I'll say stuff like that. Tony is hands on. Tony is hands on. I came into the dressing room and... Tony had a little from a small Twinkie boy whose Tony kept referring to as a and Tony was was in that back. Tony was getting the couple nibbles in. It was very interesting to watch that man work, that man in a wig work, because I myself, if if a guy is hitting on me meatball while I'm in meatball drag. I, have, I want no fucking part of that. I want nothing to do with that. I don't want you to be attracted to me in drag. I don't want anyone to be attracted to me in drag. The goal of Meatball is not to be a pretty lady. It's to be a mess. And she is. Some of these go-go's were trying to like flirt with me and like give me kisses on the cheek. And to me, I'm like, one, I know you're just trying to win. So good for you because you're playing a dirty game. But two, that ain't going to work on me. And also it weirds me out. Because I, I don't like if people want to fuck meatball. That's weird. But I did hook up in drag one time. And... What's weirder about it was that I was in a diaper, not like a real like a real diaper. It was a costume diaper. So it was like very large, oversized. If you scroll back through my Instagram, you'll see it. It had a big brown poopy stain on the butt that was rhinestoned with brown rhinestones. It was like, I mean, detailed, baby, a little crop top. But I also had green glittery snot coming out of my nose and green glitter uh, vomit around my mouth and down the front of my shirt. I was holding a rattle that was about five feet tall. It was almost as bigger than me. And I walk out of Fubar, R.I.P. Fubar, and this guy in a in a golden sedan, very wide Buick, um, called me over to his car. So I get in. He takes me down to Vaseline Alley. He starts blowing me. After I take down my pantyhose, which I've been sweating in all night, so I smelled what I could smell, which was, you know, imagine you just... We're in Fubar in full drag for three hours hosting a, a, a big fat dick contest. And you walked outside. You're going to smell. Um, also tights. They were old tights. I was a new drag queen. It just smelled like sewage. I'm going to say it. I don't smell like that anymore. I take very good care of my stuff now and wear a lot of perfume. But it smelled bad. I wafted. it. He still started sucking my dick. I go to put my hand on the back of his head, and I notice before I do that, I'm like, why is his hair so shiny? Um, he had sprayed a black spray onto his bald spot, so when I put my hand onto that bald spot, 
I like lifted my hand back up and then it was a black, my hand was black and I started to kind of freak out. And then I looked out the window and I saw my friend walking by and then there was a bunch of people that apparently saw, um, and I just panicked and I panicked and I said, I can't, I can't. And I went to go open his door, but it was a fucking weird ass Buick. And if you know anything about a Buick, the handles are fucking weird on the inside. And so I'm just leaving fucking black streaks on his window, try, like trying to get out like I'm, he's going to kill me. Um, and then I ran to my car and came, went home and cried, I guess. I don't even think I cried. I think I was like, that was weird. I don't want to do that again. Anyway, go-go boys are whore knee. They were back there fluffing each other, grabbing each other, doing it all. And we love it. So if there is uh, um, another box stars that you see me and Tony hosting, you should 100% come. The concept is so fun. Every time you buy a drink, you get a fake dollar and then you can give those dollars to whichever go-go boy or go-go person you see fit to win. Me and Tony are strictly hosts and Tony is only here to pick out a twink to take home with. Uh, I'm there for the money. So I'm 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 not going to be the one cheating. Anyway, the person who won first place was the person that I said, show me your big fat dick. And he did. And it was. Whew, let's take a break. Here's OK. Here's here's something that just came up. This is what I was talking about. That Supreme Court ruling that said that that web designer who isn't actually has and has never made a website for a couple took it to court saying that she didn't want to because they were gay. Well, now I'm reading uh, a Traverse City hair salon no longer services LGBTQ members. Citing the new Supreme Court uh, ruling, a Michigan hair salon has stated that it will no longer accept LGBTQ customers. She calls them pedophiles and compared them to animals who should go to pet groomers. We told you it wasn't. Uh, yeah. So we saw this coming. Like, by saying that that one person who wasn't actually going to design a website for them didn't have to because they were gay is now just going to leak into everywhere. And I'm not fucking shocked that the first fucking place it happened outside of the... Well, it's not the first place. But the first thing I'm reading about it is from Traverse City. I used to live in a city called Interlochen, which is right next to Traverse City. I went to high school there. On my first week in Michigan... On a Wednesday, they had a thing called the Mall Bus from Interlochen Arts Academy to the Traverse City Mall because it was the only place you could really like they had a Target and a bunch of clothing stores. And I didn't really have a lot of friends at that point. It was like my first year at the school. So I was like, oh, I'll get on the bus. We'll all go to the mall. Like, I'll just pick a group and walk around with them and then like split off if I hate them. Well, I split off and I was walking around the mall kind of alone. At this point, I was like rail thin had long curly hair down to my shoulders, was in probably a pair of bell-bottom uh, true religion jeans and an Armani exchange shirt uh, that was too tight. And I was walking around the mall looking at stuff. I, I remember specifically walking into the store called Buckle. I don't even know if it fucking exists anymore. And I go into the Buckle. I kind of look around. I'm not actually looking for clothes. I'm just killing time for the three hours that I have before the mall bus comes back. So I step into the buckle. I'm looking around, looking for a belt, maybe doing something, picking some stuff up. And I don't see anything I like. So I leave. I, I continue walking around the mall. And then like five minutes later, these two white security guards walk up to me and they're like, hey, um, someone said that you were stealing. And I went, well, I'm not. 
I, I didn't. And um, this is another one of those moments where you're not, you don't respond the way you think you're going to respond because I didn't steal, but for some reason, these two dudes, and it was a fresh new city. It was a brand new mall. I'm not the type of person that ever really gets in trouble. Come up to me and just say like, you've been stealing. And so I was like, well, no, I didn't. And they were like, well, can you empty your pockets? So I start pulling everything out of my pockets and I go to like, I don't know why, there was nothing around us. We were just uh, we were just standing in the middle of the mall. Like everyone in the mall is walking by. Students from the school who have never met me because I'm a brand new student at this school. I go to hand the security guards the stuff out of my pockets. And he goes, no, put it on the floor. I, I can't hold it. And so I take my cell phone and my wallet and my keys and my gum. And I set it all on the floor in front of him. And then they go, huh. All right, we'll pick it up. Come with us. I followed them into the store, buckle. They take me up to the cash register, and the guy who, white man, glasses, 30 maybe, kind of, uh, was like, oh, oh um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. You just look like someone who stole from us before. No, I said, well, I didn't steal, so am I going to get something for free because of all this trouble I've been through? And I remember my voice shaking when I said that, but I just remember so being so mad. And the security guy was, was like, shut up. I finally went back to school and everyone was like, what happened? Cause everyone saw it. And I was like, they accused me of stealing. And, um, I didn't correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if you're from Traverse city, but, um, I'll say it. Your city fucking sucks. Oh my God. It was so racist. Everyone was so racist there. One time I went to the grocery store there to buy food for myself. I remember me and my, my roommate at the time were sniffing the hair care products and when we got to the register, they accused us of stealing hair care products out of the bottle because we were clicking the cap open and squeezing it to sniff it, like under our noses. And they were like, we have it on camera. And at this point, now I'm, I, this is maybe the third time it had happened to me because it had happened at a gas station that I walked to from the school at one point where they accused me of stealing Monster Energy drinks that I had paid for, that the woman had just checked me out. Then I walk outside and she sends a man outside to come stop me and tell me, hey, we need to see your receipt. We think you stole. Like, the problem is that they, they're just telling you, like, we think you stole. They never actually saw me do it. It was, we thought you stole, so we're going to stop you and embarrass you. Uh, you look like someone that was here, which also blows my fucking mind because I can swear to you, no one in Michigan in 2000 and, when did I, 2008 looked like I looked. A tw like the skinniest person you've ever seen in your life with the biggest curliest hair that had and and it, it was like an afro almost and it had bl bright blonde highlights in it you didn't fucking confuse someone else for me you just saw me in your store and it made you uncomfortable so then the grocery store sent the video footage to the school because at this point my parents were getting really pissed off that this kept happening to me and only me but here's the other thing is that no one was calling it racial profiling then only one person at the school wanted to do that. And the school didn't want to raise a stink about any of this because they knew, as I was saying, everyone in that town already hated us. So why, why start fighting? Why start standing up for your own students? Why not just let them feel like shit? Oh, my God. I'm really unleashing something on y'all. I haven't really thought about this in a long time. And it's just coming to me in waves. Yeah, that was like a really weird time in my life. Because, I mean, I dealt with racism in Texas, but that was blatant, like, racism. 
but I also feel like I was protected because I had my two white parents with me. Anyway, Traverse City is the city that all of those terrible things happened to me in. So I'm truly not shocked that someone there would be like, uh, I'm not going to give haircuts to gay people. So what's next? Like, I'm just waiting for, well, the other foot has, like, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And we're all just going to be sitting here like, well, okay. But, but get mad at me if I say I don't want straight people in a gay bar. I don't say that. I don't say that. I, I did one time at Precinct tell a straight couple hey this is a gay bar because but mind you they were on the corner of the bar she was sitting on the bar which no one does at precinct straddling her boyfriend and he was up in her face and they were making out on the corner of the bar but also being very loud and raucous and like ordering drinks but not finishing the order and the bartender was getting annoyed with them and everyone kind of around them was getting annoyed with them and it wasn't because they were straight. Because if a gay couple was doing that too, I would have said, hey, get the fuck down. But instead they were straight. So I walked up and I was like, hey, this is a gay bar. And that sent this man and his girlfriend into a wild tizzy. So they start screaming at me. His brother is gay. And he was like, my brother is gay. My brother is gay. <clears throat> and I went, where's your brother then? And uh, that's when the owner of Precinct came over and was like, not cool, dude. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. So I did get kicked out of Precinct one time. But to this day, the bartender who was there was like, yeah, those people were assholes. But again, what I said was not chill. And he's right. It wasn't chill. Imagine if gay people just started discriminating against straight people. I There was a TikTok of me that was a joke. That is me from my other podcast that went around and it was me saying, ugh. Sometimes I just think it's really hard to be around straight people as a joke. And the comments on it are absolutely insane. They're being like, what if a straight person said this about a gay person? And I'm like, bitch, you are. You're literally saying the Supreme Court is saying that straight people can say, I'm not into it. So I'm not going to do business with you. Imagine if I took my car to the shop today because it was about to break down. It's not. It's a brand. It's a very good 2015 Ford Focus, and it runs perfectly fine. Just got some new windshield wipers on it. Brand new air vents inside. Imagine that my car is about to break down. It's not because it's perfect. Just got it detailed too. It's so clean. Tony can attest. Here's he. Here he is right now. He's gonna say how clean it is. It was so clean. Um, thank you so much, Tony, for doing this. I get it towed to the shop, and the shop owner goes, "Oh, you gay? Oh, you gay?" I'm not going to work on it. So then what? Or I'm, imagine I'm stranded. One time I had a tire pop in the middle of San Francisco and LA and that big, long, deserty fucking stretch where there's supposed to be crops growing, but there's not save the water. It was 113 degrees. I'm blasting my AC at myself inside the car because it's too hot to just stand outside. All I have for liquid is Mountain Dew. Imagine if that tow truck driver came to come pick up my car. Or fix my tire. And he went, oh, you're gay. I can't. And then he leaves. I waited two hours in the heat for him to come. Am I supposed to wait another two hours? It's just like, where is the line? But it's just like, this is so stupid. And I know you know it's stupid. And I know that you understand all of this. It's just because it doesn't feel like it's going to stop anytime soon. And guess what? I don't have any fucking answers. We were all saying, let's get out there and vote. And honestly, like, still continue to get out there and vote. Please, everyone vote. 
but it doesn't seem like it's doing anything, right? Am I wrong? I don't know anything about politics, but I just know I'm voting for the right people. But I guess I'm not. <sighs> That's it. I don't know what else to talk about. Have a lovely rest of your week. I hope you really enjoy this. I kind of went off again, huh? I have it's, it's. I got an email. I did get an email. Oh, if you want to email, please email. Um, go to Tony Soto's website and click the email button there, and then he will forward them to me. I did get an email from someone saying that solo podcasts are cringe. I'd have to agree. This is not fun or easy to do. Uh, I do want to have a friend come in and join me if I if I'm ever uh, if I have time. So if anybody is a friend, text me and let me know if you want to come help. I don't. I but it, I mean the Tony Soto show itself was a one person podcast, and I was trying to experiment and grow at doing that. So this is kind of an exercise in solo podcasting. So bringing someone on on this isn't like these aren't great. I know that I'm working on it. This is a talent that you have to work on. That would be like expecting me to do a solo podcast or do a stand-up show for the first time and it'd be amazing. Although that did happen to me. God, I'm good. All right. Well, bye.